This episode is brought to you by Audible. Over 180,000 titles of audiobooks ready for your consumption. If you head over to audibletrial.com slash The Minimalist Vegan, you'll be able to get a free audiobook of your choosing. Anyone you like. Doesn't matter if it's $20, $40, you can be listening to that audiobook over the next month and forever because it becomes part of your library. So again, all you need to do is head over to audibletrial.com slash The Minimalist Vegan to grab a copy of your free audiobook. Thank you for supporting our show. What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hello, hello. My name is Michael O'Fay and I'm joined by my co-host and my wife, Marsha O'Fay, every week to discuss the intersection of minimalism and veganism on this show, in addition to weekly articles and recipes, of which you can find on theminimalistvegan.com. In this episode, we take a step back and give you a bit of an update in where we're at uh, with our goals, our habits, our health, you know, things like moving to Slovenia, uh, eating one meal a day, exercise, and just some things that we're working out uh, as, as a working couple at home from productivity and things of that nature as well. So, you know, hopefully you get some insights into, you know, how we're striving to live with intentionality every step of the way and some of the barriers that we come across time and time again. Anyway, I'll leave it at that for now. I'll check in after the episode to fill in any gaps. Feels like forever since we've recorded a podcast. I know. Well, it has been. Well, not forever, but it's been two weeks. Yes. And that feels like forever in our, in our view. Yeah. But it's interesting because you were talking, well, writing down what we we're going to talk about and you put, we've been full-time in the Minimalist Vegan for seven months and I was like, surely not. Yeah. It feels like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been so, running the blog for about five years. Yeah. So but like it feels much longer than seven months or yep. seven and a half months that yep. we've been full time in it. Mm. It's crazy. It is crazy. I think it's maybe because we're around each other so much and every day seems to look fairly similar. So. Yeah. Are you sick of me yet? No. Really? Are you sick of me? No. <laughs> You say that like, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. And I think that's why we work so well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I'm not. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Strangely good. Obviously, we're a good team and a good couple to be able to be around each other 24-7. Because we're not super, like, I don't think we're really that patient with people, generally. No. So, this is pretty unusual yeah yeah but maybe i don't know it's maybe because we aren't living on our own maybe it'll be different once we actually have our own roof over our heads i don't think so might be even better i think so. (laughs) (laughs) all right so what are we talking about today well you know we we discussed off air we thought that hey like we we missed our podcast last week yes and that's the second time it's happened this year. Mm. And, uh, and we're sorry. Yeah. So, but if you if you listen to our episode, a few episodes back, I think it would be episode 37 about our journey into full-time blogging. Um, you'll know a big part of that journey and, and, and a big part of 
who we are is to be able to show up consistently for your audience. Yeah. So this is the 39th episode, but the fact that we've missed two, it, it really stings quite a lot. It may mm. not seem like a big deal to, to you guys, but I think people get used to content coming out at a particular time. Yeah. So we thought we'd use this episode to take a step back and just sort of reflect on the journey so far and cover off on some things that you may be wondering as an audience in terms of, you know, how our progress has gone towards our plans to move overseas to Slovenia, you know, how's our health, because that's obviously played a role into missing the two podcasts, which we'll explain a bit later, and just generally how we're progressing towards our goals and just to check in with ourselves to see if we are living with the intentionality that Mm. we want to be living with Mm. and just making sure we're staying focused on that and we're enjoying it along the way. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to take you behind the scenes and I suppose give you a raw update in terms of where we're at and 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 hopefully you can see that, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure this out and um, you may not learn anything specifically from our situation, but it might be relatable to some of the things you're trying to go through at the moment to make sure. And that we're all human at the end of the day. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, and, and we did a similar episode to this one in number 11. Uh, so when we sort of talked about what it was like working from home together, uh, how I was experimenting with intermittent fasting and, and how we cleared our debt. So, yeah. and, and that seemed to be really quite a popular episode. So we thought, okay, let's give another update um, with some different things. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I guess to kick it off, um, we'll touch on, and this is actually, you've written a blog post about this and it's actually our most visited yeah. blog post on the website, interestingly, and that's around one meal a day. Yes. So you started that when we went full time and how long were you doing it for like full time? <laughs> um, I I was... It started off as an experiment for 30 days. Yeah. And then I think I went about 90 days in total. So I did it for three months. Okay. Yep. So, and then it was on and off mm. for a little while. Like I'd snack a little bit in the evenings and then eventually, like now I will sometimes eat breakfast, but more often than not, I don't. And then I will sort of eat at lunchtime and then I would eat again at dinner. So it's kind of turned into a 16-8 fast where you know i would eat eight hours of the day and then i'd fast for the other 16 hours so um ideally i'd like to get back to omad um so why'd you stop i don't know man it, it just i broke the chain was it some? was it some no, meal I broke that the was cha- tempting and then you just nah, kind of it wasn't even in, that or? it's just you know me i'm just i struggle with the chain thing mm. like it's it's all or nothing and then as soon as i break it it just it's not the same yeah. So, like, even though I tried to bounce back, because mm. it was when I got sick, actually. So, I got sick just before that wedding we went to. Probably thanks to me. Um, oh, we were both. We were both sick, right? In the hotel. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. laying there all day. Feeling then, sorry for us. And then I gave in then. Yeah. And then... I and just couldn't. I just, just couldn't look. No, no, no. Recover no, but it. I did. I did. Like I did it again for a couple of weeks. But I, I just couldn't. It wasn't the same. Yeah. I didn't have the same narrative in my head. Yeah. Like I was like, oh yeah. You've this, got a streak going. Yeah, I got a streak. The streak was over. So eventually, it sort of just crumbled away. But I think um, the you know how I felt on Omad, and I don't think it's even just how I felt. It was the lifestyle it created, the simplicity in my day. Yeah. 
and how it motivated me to exercise more. I think those were really the byproducts of doing it. So it's definitely something that I want to do again. You know, I'm just waiting for the... I don't know. I'm just waiting what for that. What are you waiting for? No, no. I'm just waiting. It will come. <laughs> cool. And yeah, because it's interesting because I remember when you first started, I was kind of jealous because you only had to think about one meal in the day. Yep. And the rest of the time, it was just like you could just get on with life. Yes. And for someone like, and I think there's a lot of people out there that eat takeaway and you know, create meals that are no longer than 20, 30 minutes every day. But I actually spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Yeah. And so that, if I was doing it, that would have been at least two, three hours a day that I would have gotten back. Mm. So, but my body's not the type that can handle doing one meal a day. So that's why I didn't, but it appealed to me on a practical level. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, if there was any... And you save money too. You do. If there was any way to like apply minimalism to how you eat, it's it's OMAD for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I'll... And I did update the post to reflect some of those those changes and and some of the things that I came across as well. So, it's, it's definitely going to be... I think it's definitely going to be something that I'll be using for the rest of my life on and off. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it was a good experience and when you have a good experience, you kind of crave to get back into it. Yeah, well, you know what it's like. It's like exercise. Yeah, you know what it's like. Yeah, cool. And then I guess from there, as you mentioned exercise, how – so you were doing like a seven-minute workout. So I was experimenting with the seven-minute workout app. So it just takes you through like 12 different exercises in seven minutes for a full body experience. And it's it's an app that I've been using for many years. And it's great because I like the concept of seven minutes. It's it's not it's not like it's gonna transform your strength or body, but it's just the fact that again it's another sort of habit. And it because it's such a little time commitment, you kind of have like there's really no excuse but to do it. Um so I was doing that with Omad and that was a really good combination you know in addition to you know walking the dog and things like that but uh, and stretching but the combination of it, of it all just felt felt great. Mm. So um and I again I've been using that that workout on and off. I, I did it just a few days ago actually. Okay. So um it's it's definitely yeah, because, look, you know, I think just to give people context, like, you know, like for me, whenever I, I look at health specifically, I'm looking for ways to sort of remove excuses and things that um, that I can feel like I can do sustainably, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as like I need to organize too much yeah. when it comes to movement, and we talked about this in our minimalist exercise episode, so we'll link to that in the show notes as well. You know, when it comes to coordinating something with a group of people or, you know, going to the gym or something like that, I feel like there's those when things. When you're not are, completely in control. Yeah, yeah. Th- those things are great to do, but that you need a l- high level of discipline because there's many more barriers to be able to do that. Yeah. So I try and keep things quite simple. You've got many more reasons to get out of it yes. than you would if it was literally. You needed a small space and yes. yourself and that was it. Yes. You know, no equipment, no commuting, no partner. Yeah. No swimming pool, no nothing. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. it's just like when we were in Europe. Remember when I was doing um, 50 to 100 burpees a day because um, I just wanted to see if I could do it. I'm in pain just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> burpees are brutal. But, um, yeah, so it's just little experiments like that. What is like... 
how can I remove all the excuses and just do a bit of movement? How do I get to that point? So for me, it's about the sustainability of that. So yeah. always tweaking and experimenting with things yeah. like that. And it's good that you're trying different things to see if something will stick longer or, you know, make you feel better as yes. well. Yeah. And But I've noticed that you're recently playing basketball most every yeah. week to every fortnight with friends, which is kind of nice to yeah. see you get out. Yeah, that's been really nice because I it started off because I caught up with a friend for a meal as, you know, I'm, I'm 31 and, and more often than not when you catch up with people, it's usually at somebody's house or have a meal, a cup of coffee. And I don't know, I just started ranting. I was just like, man, it would be nice to like get back to the days of just like hanging out outside mm. and doing some movement the kick, good old kicking days the football. when i was a little child exactly <laughs> but um i used to spend so much time in my adolescence playing basketball and socializing at the same time mm. so like i would play basketball because i was trying to get better at basketball but even just to relax and just to catch up with people it would always be at the basketball court so i thought i'd bring it back so basically i've caught up with three or four friends uh, or on different occasions on the basketball court. And some of them can play basketball and some of them, some of them can't. But the feedback's been really positive, And I know this because we continue doing it. Yeah. And uh, and even even it, it evolved from basketball to a, a friend bought a football and a soccer ball. And it was fantastic because you, you spend two, three hours out in the sun. You don't even know. You're having fun. You're catching up. It's so many positives, right? Yeah. Um, so I think... You know, that's that's the way. Like even when, when friends reach out now and they want to catch up, I'm like, well, do you want to wanna meet up somewhere on the courts? And, and they're like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. So and, and everyone becomes like a kid again. So um, that's been really good. Um, last time we played basketball, I ended, we ended up in a game. Um, oh, so, so you're going to say we ended up in a fight. Yeah. No, no, no. We got <laughs> challenged. And so, you know, we had to honor that. And, and uh, yeah, and that was fun. Because, again, it creates memories. I don't know what, how, how, what you think, but, like, even when we go out and play tennis, mm. for example. Oh, we haven't done that in a long but time. But think about how much we learn about each other in that moment. The bits that we don't like. No, but it's just like. Because <laughs> the competitive streak comes out yeah. and it's like. Like, who, like, sometimes, like, when I'm playing you, I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> no, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Way. Like, <laughs> You've like, unleashed a beast that yeah. I'd like to be. Yeah, like, you're, you're completely corner. savage. Uh, so are you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but, but that's what you, that's what I think is fascinating about spending time outdoors is that you see different, you see different sides of relationships. Mm. And I'm experiencing this in these catch-ups. It's like, you're, you're seeing... You just seen a completely different side of, of, of your friendships and, and I think that's really exciting mm. and it creates experiences and things that you can reference back to as well. So anyway, that's that's been what I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. So walking walking the dog, trying to stretch, trying to do the seven minute workout, spending more time outside with basketball and OMAD is an an on and off again thing. Yeah. I mean you're doing more than I am. I've been Well no, you've been I've been doing yoga, but I kind of, again, had a streak and then I got sick and then I had to stop and so I'm slowly trying to get back into it now, but it just feels so good every time. So what do you, are you, um, because I I know that like you were really into yoga when you found like the right video to follow at home and now you've since found a new video, is that right? Because that girl pulled her old one down. Yeah, it was, it was devastating for like 
a year or two I was following this particular just one workout because I'm really particular with who it is yep. and the workout itself. So if it's, I don't know, I get rubbed the wrong way if their voice is irritating <laughs> yeah. or if the person's a little bit too in love with themselves or if right. the routine's too difficult or too easy. Like I need the right balance of challenging but not to the point where it's like I don't want to do it again. So it's not an easy thing to find and I was dev I don't know why it was pulled but or maybe they just weren't allowing it to be viewed for licensing reasons in Australia anymore I don't know what happened mm. anyway so I searched high and low for it and it just wasn't anywhere to be found and then for a long time I just wasn't doing yoga because I just I didn't find someone else that I really liked then I started paying more attention to deliciously Ella, mm-hmm. Ella Mills that lives in London and she's a plant-based recipe creator. She's kind of like the Jamie Oliver of the the vegan plant-based community. Right. That's the way that I describe her mm-hmm. and she's a yoga teacher as well. So I just one day went onto her YouTube channel and just looked at, she's got I think three or four, like not many, um, different yoga sessions and two of them are 10 minutes and one of them's half an hour and I was like perfect so I started the 10 minute one and I thought you know what I'm just going to start with the 10 minutes because I know it's doable and I'll be able to stick to it and I enjoy it even when I'm not feeling that great like Mm. I did it this morning and afterwards I felt really tired even though it was just 10 minutes which might be giveaway sign that you know I'm not (laughs) Not fit, but I'm also not that well. And yeah, I really enjoy it. I yep. find her voice calming. Yep. Some people might find it irritating. I don't know. I don't mind the British accent. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good British accent. And yeah, it's good. Nice. It's easy. Well, I mean, again, it depends on the day. It can be challenging, but I'm finding it that I'm slowly growing out of it. Yep. And so I might... And I've done her other two before and they're good too, but yep. it just depends on how I'm feeling Yep. depends on what I'll actually do. But it's a good way to start the morning because yep. then you just feel like your limbs are stretched out and you just have a little bit more energy as well afterwards. Sure. No, I've been super proud of you to get it to a point where you're wanting to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like your body's craving. Yeah, it. you're craving. You say yeah. it all the time, like, oh, man, I need to do yoga. Like, yeah, and yeah. Then, so I think that's the, the thing about these habits. It's like it's easy to beat yourself up for breaking the chain, but um, I let, the whole point of it is to feel good. And so when you feel good about it, you're you're gonna find ways to yeah to do it again yeah. And I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Um. And then I mean I haven't been walking Chewy as much just because we had swooping season, mm. which uh, we've talked about this before in the podcast. But it in Australia, yeah, every spring, um, well for the first part of spring, anyways, there are these birds called magpies that swoop, which means that they pretty much attack you mm. because they're trying to protect their nest because it's mating yeah. season. Yep. And so testosterone's flying high, and yeah, it's uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, so I I've realised I have a phobia of them now. Marsha opted out. Swooping. She opted out of walking our <laughs> and dog. And thank God Michael understands. I mean, I think he just probably noticed the fear in me when I'd step out the front door. I'd just become this like 
crazy lady with a hat and two sticks and like literally anything that flies next yeah. to me, I'd flinch. Yeah. Look, it can be traumatic depending on your... Like I saw like a toddler... But I did get swooped, so yeah. like... I saw a toddler get swooped. Yeah. You know, that... And and, sh- and this toddler was terrified. It's... it's um, and you get, you get like... You hear some bad stories where people... You know, get yeah. their eyeballs poked out or chunks of their head or chunks of their helmet. They particularly like um, people that ride bicycles. So, they tend to go at them a little bit more, I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like but I was now swooping season's over, so I'm not really sure why you haven't asked me to step up again. But I don't know. I think it's just also been the fact that I just haven't had the energy as much. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty happy for you letting that slide but i mean i enjoy getting out in fresh air i think it's just and it's been really windy as well yeah so but i've talked about my health now i've sort of touched on the fact that i haven't been feeling so well so i'd like to dive a little bit deeper into that sure which i guess can then explain why we've missed a couple of episodes in the last well since we started the podcast and why we missed one last week we missed them because i just actually can't talk because my throat is so sore that and you, and also I'm just too tired to be able to bring energy and enthusiasm into podcasting. So we so yes, in, I guess in the last six months I've been quite unwell on and off with chest infections, ear infections, sore throats, colds. You know, feeling lethargic, and I have a history of chronic fatigue, so that kind of tends to throw me around a little bit. And I think it's it's a combination of physical and mental. Mm-hmm. And obviously emotional. So it's not just, you know, work. It's it's just life for me that I sometimes just tend to probably stress myself out a little bit too much. And then my health suffers because of that. And because I'm also an impatient and driven person, if I feel like things are going to take longer than I want them to, I tend to work myself up about that Yeah. or get upset about it or if, if you set out like a goal of how many things you want to do and you don't meet that yeah then you can yeah so I've, beat yourself up a bit yeah so i've got a long way to go with that but then it gets very frustrating because then i'm bedridden for like a week or two and like you know even just getting out to get food can feel like a marathon yep and so you know, I think it's like mentally I'm fine in, you know, in terms of being proactive and wanting to do things, but then physically my body's just like, no, you got to slow down. Mm. So that friction as well can be quite frustrating. And then that again can make things <laughs> even worse. So I'm just trying to find my balance of reducing my hours with the minimalist vegan, but then there's so many things that we and I want to do that it's like well how is that possible because I'm just keen you Mm, know yeah so it's 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 tricky when you're ambitious but I think if I keep extending it the way that it's going it's just gonna keep lingering around until Mm. and it's it's really interesting because it's like being employed and self-employed when you're unwell is very different isn't it like because I don't know, like many people love their jobs, but I know a lot of people that don't. So, you know, for them to take, like, let's say sick leave mm. um, to recover their body, there's not, not as much guilt, Yeah, would you say, right? Taking time off work, 
but you know when you run your own business and you're very passionate yeah about what you're doing you're and you're forced to take it. sick leave yeah. it can be like oh like i want to do it yeah but you physically, physically can't, can't. Yeah. yeah so and then that can really weigh on your mind so it's just mm. i don't know it's just interesting with that dynamic of wanting to do something but not being able to and it's um and i think it's something that the last seven months we've learned yeah so i think going forward it's going to be really interesting how we find that balance Mm. um and it's a balance that works for any individual but like just very specifically like how do you get your body to a point where you have energy to do what you want to do yeah and uh and 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 sort of leave it at that Mm. yeah it yeah it's hard and i think it's something as much as you want to work on it to get it to a point where you won't feel that way i don't think that's humanly possible Mm. when you have that ambition but i've i have noticed in myself that i've become better with adjusting Mm. that I haven't been let down and I'm managing my own expectations around that much Mm. more so that I don't mentally go down much harder because I am a creature of habit and I'm the type of person that like if you say you'll do something, you've got to follow through on it. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of learned over time so that I don't get upset over it that I've just got to manage my expectations and adjust and be more agile when it comes to those types of things. Yeah. So that's been really helpful and I know that you've definitely noticed that in me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, um, I think self-employment is like a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. It's and not all that glitz and glamour yeah, as people might think it's a lot of uncertainty. It it's like you're just living in uncertainty. I imagine raising kids will be fairly similar <laughs> to some extent, but like... You're just kind of, you're being proactive, but there's no certainty about your actions, Mm. about the effort you put in, Yeah. right? And then something changes. Yeah. Okay, so you might get sick or Google algorithm might change or Pinterest might change or... Or there's some error that you didn't know about that's just been told to you by a reader and you go, oh my God, how did we not know? Does this explain so much of this? And yeah. so, yeah. Website stops functioning properly um okay then we start a course business don't like how that feels and then you start this like so there's all these different decisions all the time that you're constantly moving around experimenting with and if you're someone that doesn't like and not many people do but doesn't sort of thrive in ambiguity and uncertainty it it, it's like overwhelming business can be difficult if if you other type of person that needs especially financial security yes um i think a lot of us actually underestimate how long things will take yes and hence you know this is why we are here still (laughs) yeah which i think brings me on to another point and we're gonna talk about our update with slovenia soon but i think to bring in like the minimalist aspect into it like a big benefit of minimalism to me is being really clean what you want so you have the courage to sort of not care or say no to the things which are a bit more non-essential so and how that relates in our situation at the moment is for taking on a venture like you know supporting yourself with an online business with the plans of 
not only moving overseas, but to have the flexibility to be able to move around in the future. It's a very obscure sort of specific goal. Yeah. And um, it's not like a usual type of goal that you would hear of. Mm. You know what I mean? So what that comes with was a, is a lot of opinions, right? Mm. Uh, a lot of opinions from those close to you, those who are looking from afar. And um, you, you kind of need to be able to manage that. Because, uh, you know, and if you're listening to this and you've started any venture or you've thought about it, but you haven't started because you're scared for this very reason. Yeah. And it comes down to with like, you know, how others will judge you. Mm. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Because when you tell the world that, hey, I'm starting a cleaning business, I'm starting a real estate business, I'm starting my painting, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you draw a line in the sand, then you feel like everyone's then watching yeah. and waiting for you to succeed or fail. Mm. And that in itself can because it's weigh on you. you down. Yeah, yeah, it's on you, right? So, and I think that's why I'm really proud of where we're at because I think that we have taken a lot of risk, but we have also made a lot of very significant changes in our yeah. life to pursue what we're going for. So I think we're living with intentionality, but... Um, I think sometimes you need to create a bubble around yourself to as like a shield to yeah. get, stay on course because like anyone who has achieved something pretty unique was probably told time and time again that they shouldn't do it or they can't do it. Mm. And they Or they chose, need to be more realistic. Or they need to be more realistic, right? Yeah. And they um and and they respect respectfully didn't take on that advice. So I just I just wanted to bring this up because it, you know, you can't get away from it, right? Because it's and emotionally... And there's comparison, there's comparison mm. to others. There's all this other stuff that goes on as well to your psyche. Yeah, and I think when you do something like this, emotionally, you're already your biggest and like you, you to yourself. Yes. You already have a lot of self-doubt. You have a lot of self-talk in your own head about is this possible? And then to add on top of that, everybody else... Mm can be so draining and so stressful that you can't actually function or get as much done as you'd like to because that's kind of blocking you or it's in your way yes. to move forward. Yes. Uh, so I think that it's important. It's difficult, but it's important to sometimes just block those things out and just really ask yourself, why am I doing this? This this is a thing. Why are you doing this? And um, and and that's where I think you need a lot of courage. Like I I know, um, uh, somebody I used to work with who is a voracious reader, reads so much content and books, and uh, when she became vegan, she thought her form of activism could be to write books. Mm-hmm. But she was terrified to even self-publish or even show anyone her manuscript. She already has manuscripts that she just casually wrote um, because of how people would judge her because she knows how much of a, uh, how uh, judgmental she is of others, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, at some point you just got to do it. And then when you're doing it, you got to like fight for your audacity. It's this you got, judgment you, like, you to and literally you know, continue to be audacious. That, yeah, 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 that you get unsolicited advice, which yep. is a word that Michael uses a lot. <laughs> um, 
can be can be hard. Yeah. And because that can also cause friction and between you and the person that's giving you that unsolicited advice or yeah. feedback or negativity or self doubt, whatever it is. Yeah. You start to almost want to say, you know, F you, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. But then that kind of can be the right driver for the right person. Yeah. Yeah, because somebody could be like, it just creates a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. It's like, well, screw you. I'm going to show you now. But then it's like, then you almost feel like you're motivated to prove others. Yeah. And that's not the right. That's not the right. But really, this whole thing about intentionality is about what do you want to do? Yeah. And uh, what are you willing to do to go for it? Mm. And I I think that's all it comes down to. And I think that's why this conversation is cathartic for us because it just brings us back to that why are we doing what we're doing yeah and even just reflecting on like i do this every now and then and go would i want to be doing anything else and honestly no there's never nothing's ever crossed my mind and gone i'd prefer to be doing this over what i'm doing right now there's actually nothing that i can think of so if that's the case it's like it's worth fighting for yeah and it's worth showing up day in, day out to be able to pursue that. And and this is not just saying that like um, in for our context it's it's this project, but for you it could just it could be anything. It could be mm. starting your own veggie patch farm, playing music again, it could be changing careers, downsizing your career like all these things where it's like uh, on your own terms. On your own terms. Yeah. Where you, you wake up one day and realize that you're building a life based on other people's expectations. And it's like, whoa, okay, mm, let's mm. let's go back. It's probably a separate podcast episode at this point. Yeah, but um we've we've talked enough about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but another thing we wanted to touch on was our productivity and how that's actually evolved over the last couple of months that mm. we've actually been tracking our time every week. We've sort of been writing down, well, I've been a bit slack, but we've been writing down how many hours we do. Mm. Um, so we sort of clock in, clock out as you would if you went to your day job, most yep. day jobs. And that's been actually really helpful to kind of stay on track and to just just to get a clearer understanding. It's like crunching your numbers for your business and how much you're making. It's the same way as crunching your numbers to see how much you're actually working on your business. And Michael, you've gone a step further and actually broken that down into what you're working on and what percentage that makes up in your week. You know what? I learned this from accounting days and I hated it at the time. Right. Because when I was working in, as a cadet accountant way back when, um, and if you've worked in accounting or legal, you'll know this, but everything is done on timesheets. So you work off these six or seven minute intervals of time. And then you've got to write, like when you punch in your timesheet, you've got to record what you've been working on. You don't have to record what you're doing every six minutes, but that's the way it's recorded. So like you might work 10 six minute intervals, which would mean 60 minutes total. But for that whole time, you're working on a tax return for a specific client. So you'll just say that uh, I've been working on a tax return for the last 60 minutes, which is six, uh, which is uh, 10 six-minute blocks. And I'm going to bill out to this client at my hourly rate. Right. Right. So that's a way to determine, you know, how many billable hours attributed to a client. Yeah. So... To make sure that you're being productive as an accountant, most accounting firms will measure 
um, okay, so your job is to do client work. You know what I mean? That's your core job. Yeah, yeah. And so you should be spending at least 65% of your time working on clients. And then we're going to give you a leeway of 35% for admin. Yeah. For emails and all that. Oh, Meetings so and things like that. this is why you're striving for 65. Yeah, yeah. That's so where I got the number from. translate it. Translate yeah, yeah. it to so TMV like, and terms. I, hate, I despise this, right, back in, in those corporate days. But here I am, self-employed, and I'm like, this is a fantastic idea. Because, <laughs> like, the thing about self-employment, like, like, it depends on the type of business you have. But for our business, it's like you can work at any time. Mm. right and then you get to the end of the week and you're like what just happened yeah you know what i mean like you don't know if you did well or if you didn't do well um like you can put it all like we used to put it all on a calendar but like that was too restrictive yeah so then we tried to have like and we'd never six, follow through with 10 the to calendar. Six, monday to friday yeah and it's like oh this is what we didn't sign up for like to be put into a box every day yeah so then we just started tracking our time and my goal is to get to like you know, my core thing that I should be doing is creating content. Yeah. So I want to spend 65% of my time doing content. Mm. And so now I track it all. First week I did it, I was at 61%. So I'm like, okay, I need to do more content. The next week I actually went down. So I did 51%. And then this week I did 64.5. So it's slowly going up. But now I'm aware and it holds me accountable to prioritizing the right things. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just like be reviewing software for five hours in a day and pat myself on the back saying that, oh, yeah, yeah, I've done well. But it's like I really haven't moved us forward. Yeah. So um, that's been really motivating. Um, and it also makes you, yeah, you prioritize, you look at the week and you go, well, what do I actually need to do yeah. to help us get to our goal? Absolutely. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is like, you know, if I do work at 10 o'clock at night, then I just record that. Like I don't, I don't think too much about the schedule. Yeah. I just, it's just like when I work, what you am work. I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's a good way, I guess, then to transition into talking about Slovenia and our goals around that. Yeah. And where we're at with um, that, as you probably have realized by now, we're not there yet. <laughs> People have <laughs> talk, spoken to us um, saying, oh, I imagined you being in some beautiful European country while I'm <laughs> listening to your podcast yep. in my ears. And if you want to keep that beautiful picture going, please do. <laughs> yeah. We're not stopping you, but we're no, we're still in Canberra in Australia. And I think it's something we wanted to talk about because we get asked about it nonstop. Yeah. And I think, I guess, we shot ourselves in the foot by saying when we were planning to move without a proper concrete goal. Yep. Um, but now we have one. So it's... Um, and definitely could I, could more I just secure. give some context on this? Because I think like, you know, conventionally, when you move overseas, uh, particularly if you're in a relationship, what I've, I've observed is more often than not, one person, at least one person in a relationship who probably would have secured employment yeah. in the country that in the destination that they're going to. I know this was the case for my brother. Like, you know, he secured employment in London before moving from Melbourne to London. And... And then, and then you sort of start your life around that income source. Mm. Other people might do backpacking or they might um, just pick up whatever job they can casually yeah, and sort of live really frugally yeah. in that city for a period of time. But for a long-term move, it's normally based around securing employment. Mm. Okay. So, 
for us, sure, we could we be in Slovenia now? We could. You know, we could if we had the goal of purely moving to Slovenia and securing employment over there. Um, but that in itself could be difficult. Yeah, that what so we So that's realized, actually even more. There's more of a risk and a gamble with that. Yeah, because we, um, you know, some cities are much more employable than others. But mm. from the research we've done, like, you know, we, for the lifestyle that we want to live when we're in Europe, because we want to live a lifestyle where, you know, we, we, we want some flexibility to be able to travel around Europe and take advantage of that. And we're thinking beyond Slovenia as well. So the big goal for us is actually to make a sustainable source of income online as a foundation. Yeah. Then that way it's going to give us more flexibility when we're in a completely different new country Mm. um, and how we live. And we just didn't want, we've observed the stress of people moving overseas and then running out of money. Yeah. And then they're scrambling for jobs. They might get like a hospitality job, but that doesn't pay very well. Mm. I mean, we're very lucky here in Canberra in Australia where it's just, you know, your hourly rate's actually really good compared there's to the rest lot, of the yeah, world. Yeah, there's so. a lot of disposable income here. So, like, you know, people are definitely struggling outside of our bubble. And, yeah, we, we've observed this and we thought, okay, that's not the experience that we want. And if we can spend a bit more time before moving to set ourselves up, uh, is that going to be worth waiting longer? Mm. And we waited up and we decided, yes, it is. So so that's what the delay is. So the delay is, is always been about building up our income to a particular monthly goal that we have in mind yeah. for the type of lifestyle that we want to live in Slovenia. So when we get over there, we, um, we have options. We can t- continue doing exactly what we're doing now, a home business. Or if we want to socialize and actually get amongst the community and get employment, we can, but... We're, we're doing so on top of a foundation of income. Yeah. Right. It's so on our terms. That's on our terms. Not on like, you know, freaking out. Yeah. We have no money, quick emergency funds. Exactly right. Yeah. And and we also like we also know that some people would save up a lot of money first and then mm. sort of burn through that cash mm. over time. So we just wanted something sustainable and we spent the last seven months figuring out what the business model is. We found something that works and it's, it's, it's heading in the right direction. So we're really fortunate to, to do that. But it's just taken longer than what was Everything, expected. Everything, as I said before, always Everything takes always. longer. <laughs> What's that famous quote? We um, overestimate what we can do in 12 months and then we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And I think that's very applicable to our situation. So, yeah, that's where we're at. We're, we're on our way. We've learned to not like... I think for us, people want to know, okay, when? When, 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 when are we leaving? And we want to leave as soon as possible, but we also, for our own, like, Again, manager, our own is, expectations. this is the, the impatience and frustration. Yeah, and I think I get it. People into... are genuinely excited for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And we've even had our audience reach out. People who live in Europe are just like, oh, when you get here, reach out. We'd love to connect. So... Uh, it, it's like it. It's still very much our goal. Like we get where it's not like it's not happening because <laughs> yeah. we've been asked also many yeah. times, even locally. Like, oh, did you go and come back, or are you ever planning on leaving? And yeah. it's like it's definitely happening, but again, it's not as black and white as it can be for other people that are seeking employment that's not their own. Yeah. So I think you know it's it's very different to what most people yeah. know. Because we're moving, we're not tr- traveling. 
yeah. to Slovenia. We're moving there. Yeah. You know, we, we plan on this is a long term move. So we yeah. need to think long term about yeah. how we sustain ourselves there. And I think, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking right now, that's a smart idea. We know it's a smart idea. That's why it's if only if only we just thought about this when we first decided, <laughs> I think it would have saved us a lot of a lot of back and forth with questions and expectations as well. But that's yeah. okay. It is what it is. So, yeah. So, speaking of what's happening moving forward, we wanted to touch a little bit on the podcast as well. Yep. And how that's going. And as we spoke about before, you know, we've we've missed a couple of weeks due to my ill health, but it's it's amazing how much of a response we've had from this podcast. Mm. Um, people reaching out and connecting with it and feeling like they actually know us and yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's it's very, very different to any type of content we've created in the past. Yeah. And we still have plans of eventually getting into YouTube. So I wonder what that's gonna be like from a a way to connect with the audience. But I think this audio platform has been really unique in that way mm. yeah because i look I don't, I don't i don't even think uh, you know the nuance of conversation is just so different and such a deeper level of connection than the written word or a recipe or anything like that mm. um and even video even video can be very um uh edited edited yeah yeah but um or staged to a, yeah. to a degree so yeah. um it, it's been really really amazing to see that that, that feedback and engagement. But um, I think, uh, like, I don't know, like, how have you felt about the podcast? Like, do you, if you look at comparing writing an article, preparing a recipe and sitting down and recording and editing a podcast, hmm? mm. like... Do you want me to be really honest here? Or yeah, not? yeah, like, what, like, do you enjoy podcasting? How do you feel about it? I've found it the most challenging. I think it's just because it's the newest form yes. of, I guess, content that we're doing. And I think also probably because I've been sick, I haven't had the energy and the enthusiasm to get into it. Mm. And I think I'm just so used to writing content that I'm still finding it a little bit of a barrier in that sense. So I enjoy it and I get excited when you know we release a podcast episode and you know I even tune in sometimes and listen to it and I'm proud of it Mm. but I think behind the scenes I'm finding it a little bit of a struggle if I'm being completely honest which part well probably even just like finding a compelling topic Uh is probably like something that we can talk about for a while and keep a decent conversation going yep you know, the preparation, you know, you've kind of taken over that as well a little bit more and the editing I find very painful. Yep. And drags out again something that you've you've gracefully taken on for us. But like overall, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You know, like I think it's good and I'm actually really happy. The motivation to keep going is the feedback that we're constantly getting. Yep. And we talk about things that we wouldn't talk about off air. I mean, we talk about them, but we don't go into as much depth and kind of it can be clarifying to talk about Super things. Super clarifying. I remember we sat here and we had that conversation about expectations. 
Yeah. Kind of similar to what we talked about this episode about managing our own expectations, about moving, uh, about goals yeah. in general. That was really like self-counseling. And then just like just the other, just the other week we recorded an episode and you were talking about how we associate memories with our things. And that mm. just triggered like the latest blog post. Like there's all these things that come out of conversations which have been really amazing. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like before we started a podcast, I thought out of all the types of content you can create, mm. it would be the easiest. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. But I thought that like, oh, you just, just like... Just switch on the mic Yeah, and you just talk. turn on the microphone <laughs> and you talk. Um, and, and maybe this is uh, just purely our own expectations of ourselves but i think maybe a lot of people do that you know what i mean maybe a lot of people just simply turn on the microphone and talk and then they publish it yeah um or they just interview somebody and then they publish it but as we've gone deeper into podcasting we in an attempt like we want to add value to our audience Mm. right as much as we are having a conversation that's very honest and we're always going to be that way we always want to try and make sure that if you're going to sit here and listen to us for an hour, outside of just being relatable, you're going to take something away, right? Yeah. And with that objective of adding value, I think that's when, you know, it, it adds a layer of pressure, I think. Mm. Um, that's a little bit different. To make sure um, that people are, you know, yeah. still tuning in. That's it. Like there's been times where we'll be talking about a particular topic and you'd be like, look, let's just, just look, I just want to get on and have a conversation. And I'm like, well, what's the what's the takeaway? What's the takeaway? Yeah. Like what's the takeaway? And then we just keep like and sometimes we'll just like we, we go to record and then we'll stop because we're like it's not very clear what that is. Yeah. And I think we just we're used to that because that's the way we write articles. Yeah. I think. But I think that's been different. And then the editing, again, you could just record a podcast, do very little editing, and then publish it. But then I don't know, we've become more specific about how we edit podcasts. I think just because we're very, we like quality. Yeah. So regardless if it's the written word, if it's photography, if it's video, if it's audio, we want it to be quality. Yeah, as quality as we can. And like, we, want, we don't want to drag things out. Yeah. They don't need to be dragged out. We yeah. don't have to have long pauses, too many ums and ahs and, you know, and absolutely's and all of those things <laughs> <laughs> yes so you know i think it gives you a better experience as well and we're slowly growing and learning but it's hard when you talk a certain way to untrain yourself <laughs> since you've been like that your whole life yeah it's so exposing yes to go oh my god i didn't realize i said things and um like. and like and you know Every two minutes. Yeah. And it just wasn't, it's just not a nice, you know what? And I think the only the people who really care about it is us. Yeah. Because when I listen to other podcasts, like they, they leave a lot of this stuff in and, uh, but you, but you notice it, but we notice it because we're now Probably, producing yeah. podcasts. Yeah. So like we talk to many people in real life. And it's not like we're sitting there analyzing, oh my God, did you realize There's how many no times edits. Michael said like in the, in the 30 minute conversation? We're yeah. just like, no one's even thinking that way. You're too busy having a conversation. Yeah. So I would say that a lot of the pressure we're putting on, like it's all coming from us. Mm. So, which is interesting, but, but we couldn't have it any other way. 
<laughs> because it's and it's not like it's like quality in terms of the information that we're bringing to the table. It's just like quality. Like, is this honest? Yeah. And is this the best that we could put out? Mm. And and I think at the end of the day, that matters to us. Mm. But then that means that the editing is a bit of a process. Yeah. So um, maybe one day we'll outsource that. Maybe we'll see how we go. Yeah. And and the topic thing is interesting as well because you know we're not an interview based podcast, mm. so we are you know co hosting this and having a conversation about various topics, and because we often go to an hour, we cover quite a lot of information. Yeah. Right. So based on what we've maybe written about before or new idea that's come to mind, so um, I think the sustainability of generating topics is going to be interesting moving forward. Mm. And that's always a challenge with any content creator. Yeah. Um, is this making but sure... But I found podcasting to be the hardest one for us to come up with topics. Like I think with blogging we've got and recipes and stuff, we've got an endless amount Yeah, because blogging, blogging might, you know, it might there might be five articles that could that you could actually get through in one podcast episode. Yeah. In terms of like a ratio. Mm. So that's interesting. So I think like we met, we went to a, um, a book signing event for one of our friends locally the other day. And uh, we met somebody at the event that actually listens to our podcast, which is awesome. And I, I was just curious. I'm like, is there anything that you would like to, like you, you'd like us to bring up in an episode? And she paused and she said, you know what? I'd love, love for you to, you know, talk a little bit more about how like vegan vegan food while while it's good it's not like as rosy as as everybody makes it out to be yeah there's still some room for improvement and things like that and i'm like oh yeah so did you listen to the vegan trade-off episode she's like yes i'm like okay well even though she's listened to it there was still a desire to go further into that topic and this was really fascinating to me because, and it got me thinking, well, I wonder what our audience actually would like us to cover. Mm. Because here we are thinking that, oh, we've covered that. Yeah. And we spoke about something for an hour, but there might be different angles that we can go to, into more depth for. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's really important. So with that, I'd love to hand it over to you, dear listener, to... You know, if you have any ideas, like if you've been listening to us for a little while and you've thought, oh, it would be really interesting if you covered this or you've, you like, I, I think. Or elaborate on or, something. Elaborate a little bit more specifically. Touched on. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let us know. Yeah. Send us a Instagram message or you can even email us info at the minimalistvegan.com and send through your question. And, um, you know, because or it may be. Topic. To yeah. Discuss. Your topic. Yeah. yeah. But there could be some things that we're overlooking. Um, in some topics for this podcast mm. look we can we'll continue to generate topics that's just what we do yeah. that's part of our job but um, you know but you guys can help us yeah <laughs> but you guys can definitely help us and you know i see this as being you know i think we're all on a path of living with less stuff and more intentionality and you know there's we there's only so many perspectives that we have yeah and that we can see yeah uh, and based on the experiences that we have yeah so let us know if you've got any thoughts and uh yeah we'll see if we can bring it up in a future episode sounds good i think that's a good place to wrap it up for today cool anything else you want to add nope no that's it that's our update cool so i guess that's it we'll wrap it up there and um, we'll talk to you next week thanks Thanks, guys guys. Bye. bye bye
So there it is, episode 39 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you wanted to find some links, you can head over to the show notes, which is theminimalistvegan.com slash 039. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 039. And as we said towards the end of the episode, if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover, uh, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram. Uh, our handle was at theminimalistvegan, or you can email us directly, which would be info at theminimalistvegan.com. If you haven't already, would love your support to leave a honest rating or review on whatever podcast app that you're using, as will help people decide if this show is right for them. All right, guys, I'll leave it at that. Here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Till next time. Peace.